0: Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber and I'm joined by Andy Gervuga.
1: Number one pooping back and forth forever Stan, Colin Adley. <laughs> Emilio
2: Diaz.
0: Alright, today we're going to be uh, talking about uh, Kajillionaire as well as I think a bit of Miranda July's films in general and to do that we are joined by uh comedian and podcaster and film critic uh Jordan searles hi yeah <laughs>
1: thank you so much thanks for joining us
3: i love miranda july She's, yes. yeah <laughs> one love of my lady. favorite white women <laughs>
4: <laughs> <right>. um <clears throat> yeah so i guess we can start like um I So I had not seen either of these two movies before, like, two days ago. We we, we mm. specifically watched Me and You and Everyone We Know and Kajillionaire for this one. And Kajillionaire is the one that just came out. It played, premiered at Sundance earlier this year. Had a theatrical release, like, a month ago. And is now available on digital for digital rental. Mm. Um, and I... Yeah, I really was into both of these movies. I thought that it was, like, just a total like but but both were like really set in a time and place that like i was really uh, appealing to me and like i also thought like the way that she sort of integrates uh and like plays with the idea of like profundity in art i think is like so interesting and so fascinating and like the, the way she sort of dances across that line of like is this like corny and like cheesy or is it like actually profound like in both of these movies i thought that was like very striking of like how she plays around with that space and um and and it, uh really makes you makes you question sort of like everything that's happening uh mm-hmm. in in terms of like how how much are you taking away from it and what is the deeper meaning of everything
1: yeah the um you, um, Jordan, you saw this at Sundance, Kajillionaire, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you want? Uh, so, uh, was this your first film festival?
3: It was my first Sundance. Okay. Um, yes. so yeah, Sundance is really weird, though. It's not really like any of the other festivals. Mm-hmm. The mood is strange. It's like cold. Everything is so spread out, and everyone is so miserable <laughs>
5: sure, yeah. I don't
3: know I I barely ever ran into anyone who was like happy at Sundance I was happy at Sundance exactly once and it was like in the lodge in the hot tub and it was just mm. me and a bunch of other lady critics and we were all high and that was an amazing <laughs> but otherwise Sundance is really weird I the lines are cool you meet a lot of people in the lines okay
1: <laughs> what other uh what other festivals have you gone to?
3: Um, I've been to South by Southwest. That okay. was fun. Um, I go to TIFF every year yeah. for like the last three years. So I really, I really enjoy TIFF. I've been to Indie Memphis. I'm actually on the jury this year. Okay, um, that's very cool. Brooklyn Horror Festival. And I don't know. And there's also like a bunch of virtual, a bunch of them are virtual. So those are all the ones that I were there. I was there in person, mm-hmm. but I've also done like Fantasia Fest this year mm-hmm. and Black Star Film Festival in Philly. And um, all the horror festivals came together this year and did something called Night Stream. And that was, and that right. was pretty cool too. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's all of them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> um,
4: uh... Yeah, what was the actual screening of Kajillionaire at Sundance like? What was it? What was the feeling in the room, you feel that you got? I it,
3: I was so in love with Kajillionaire that yeah. I honestly don't really know what other people yeah. were doing. <laughs> 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 it was it's just it was exactly what I needed at that time, especially just like in Sundance where like I feel like everything is a bummer. Kajillionaire was just like <laughs> very sincere and pure and like it wasn't trying to be like ironic or anything like it wasn't like any I don't know there's just something good about sincerity you go to a film festival you see a lot of things that feel like cynical not in like a corporate way but cynical in like a We are an arts festival way,
1: like looking, yeah,
3: like yeah, like so, yeah. It's so it was just it was just nice. It was just Mm -hmm. I really love it, and I also think it's one of her most mature movies. Though I think that the future is also really interesting. Which have any of y'all seen the future? I have seen
0: the future. Yes, I I think I watched the future around the time this was premiering at Sundance because I was like, oh, she's. Got this new movie that sounds good, and I've not seen any of her previous ones. And yeah, the future is future is very strange. I do like that movie.
3: It, I mean, yeah, it's it's narrated by like a cat who yes. then dies. So it's like narrated by like a dying cat. <laughs> That's so crazy. Mm. But it's it's really it's it's really good. I I I love the way that she um, isn't afraid to be corny. Mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that is like. It's something that lately I've been appreciating a lot in movies, like, the one that always springs to mind of just, like, pure, like, and I know it's, like, a bit, like, of a polarizing movie and it's depictions of certain things, but, like, um, a very, like, earnest movie that I really liked a lot was, um, uh, Where Do You Go, Bernadette, (laughs) and, um, (laughs) I feel like it's, like, not, uh, you know, totally, like, on the same wavelength as Kijilin But, like, when I watched Me, You, and Everyone We Know, like, I had not seen either before we uh, were doing this episode. And um, Me, You, and Everyone We Know, I feel like is, like, much funnier to me. And I thought it was, like, I didn't fully vibe with it. And it felt I felt like it was a movie that uh, I would have, like, appreciated it if I saw it when it was closer to its release, maybe more. Because uh, I do feel like it's a bit, not stuck in its time, but, like, of its time. Especially with its, like, depiction of the early, like, internet and computers and stuff. But Kajillionaire, uh, I was, like, perfectly on the Wavelength floor. And I think, like, what it does with its... Um, I mean, it, it, it really, it, like, made me sad a lot in a way that I was, like, into. And I think its score um, is very, like it's like a horror you know like a horror score can like put you on edge this like just made me like emotional like it hit me in a way yeah i was like what is this like score doing and then i like looked it up and it's the the person who did the um last black man in san francisco score which also like has like it's like a very like warm like heartfelt score
3: yeah yeah i agree Yeah, yeah, me and everyone who knows, I was just talking to my fiance about it, because he's been doing internet videos for a long time. And Mm. I think he's done a video making fun of it. Or if he did, I don't know if it's gone. He doesn't (laughs) make fun of movies anymore. So he's like very embarrassed by the ones where he's just like joking. (laughs) Um, But uh, there was a the pooping back and forth thing, mm-hmm. um, he had mentioned it to me, like, just laughing. And I was just like, I actually think the pooping back and forth is really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a insane moment in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that, like, I don't know. It's like a woman who, like, really wants contact. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and it's just like, she wants it so badly that this, like, kid <laughs> being, it, right. it's, I don't know. It just felt so...
2: Uh, yeah to me. i mean it, like if her talent is anything i think it's like that it's like that specific thing of it's like presenting something that is like it's like objectively if you look at it it's like an, it's a very ridiculous like sort of funny situation but like beneath it that there is like incredibly heartfelt there's like an incredible heartfelt right. sincerity that makes you connect with it in both ways like my favorite thing in either of these movies and one of my favorite things in, like, maybe in any movie is, like, the payoff to the pooping back and forth thing of just, like, them sitting on that bench because it's, it's truly one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a movie. It's, like, I've never laughed harder than just, like, the the kid and the woman looking at each other and just, just like, the your mind going, like, what is, is this going to be anything? What is going to happen?
3: <laughs> <laughs> They're just saying- some time together yes. they vibing yeah and then they, yeah,
2: that's exactly. the great thing about the good where it's just like oh and it was just sort of sweet and they both sort of got what they wanted to get from it and it's just like right. being able to mine comedy out of like that sort of sincerity is i think a particular talent because i think a lot of people are of the opinion that like for something to be funny it sort of needs to be like punishing or there needs to be like a butt to the joke and it's like there's obviously a butt to that joke of like a woman falling in love with a little kid or whatever but it but just like how nice it is is the most hilarious part and i think it's great and i think there's a lot of moments like that in Kajillionaire that sort of work them work itself work themselves out
3: yeah yeah
4: yeah um and i think like yeah with, with the me and you like be it, it being placed so squarely in 2005 or when it was released like is so interesting like i i think i'm roughly the it, age of the teenager character in it like i i was like 14 or 15 in 2005 um and uh i uh like i you know just making me nostalgic for all that like yeah instant messaging and and all that sort of stuff and the the way that um that it looks at like the the like the the ascii art and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um was like really 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 i really responded to it and the other thing was about that movie is, like, I have been working my way through, like, the great HBO shows, and I'm in the middle of Sex and the City right now. And okay. I thought that that, um, that me and you had, like, a really interesting sort of, like, counterpoint to, like, the way uh, the, like, search for meaning is presented in Sex and the City. Um, which is like roughly the same era right like I'm I'm in later seasons right now, which is like 2002 2003 so it's like right around that time and like you know the how that show does like every episode carries like I couldn't help but wonder like like <laughs> like, like profound thought that it presents to you fairly squarely and like and like like this is like this is what we're thinking about this week and like she's gonna ponder it and come to a conclusion with the much more like messy sort of like uh like, earnest yearning sort of feelings in me and you and everyone we know it was like a really interesting counterpoint between those two things that i am swimming in at this moment just out of out of happenstance yeah
3: Yeah. i mean a movie that starts with like a man realizing that his marriage is over and lighting his hand on fire is like yeah. And like, and it's we—it's a weird thing, but I totally understand what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that it just—it's really a testament to her filmmaking that she just like trusts us to be like, you know, he's going through a change. This is how he's dealing with it.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it's like, it's like again. It, it, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like I can sort of understand why some people might like. Like bristle at the idea of these sorts of movies where they're just like very earnest, but also very like sort of artsy and ridiculous. But it the the way that she's like a very effective communicator of emotions in a Mm -hmm. in a way that I think like it that's sort of what movies are about. It's just like about taking a a feeling and expressing it in a way that is sort of sort of novel or engaging. And I think she does it better than most, which. Which And it's like you can bristle at the sort of way she makes her movies and the sort of quirkiness of them. But I just appreciate every single inch of it.
3: Yeah, there's a part in um, the future. Well, the future is kind of like about like realizing that your relationship is over. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like so it's heavy, but there's a part where the guy in the relationship finds out that Miranda July's character cheated and he can't deal with it so he just stops time for a while and time just it's just out and it's I just find that's just like so fascinating yeah
1: Yeah. that's what I guess I'm very interested to watch that now because I find like you were saying that um, she's like matured with Kajillionaire and like you can definitely tell that just like especially watching like uh, me and everywhere and uh, and everyone you know and, and Kajillionaire like back to back. Like it is like the same like i I don't think she's like compromised in anything since like what she's doing.
3: Uh no, she like evolved yeah okay. But it, it
1: is yeah. like it is a a great building on it to where like I think I liked uh me and you less but not for any particular reason, I guess. It's just like I find that uh to use like a word that is like a bit annoying, like she uses the quirkiness in mm-hmm. um me and you more for comedy where in kajillionaire i think she uses it for like genuine like we're saying like earnestness and like emotion in a way that like i was much like it was much easier for me to like uh connect with and i was or like like just understand i guess and it really like i because i wasn't like uh like i I was a bit trepidatious like after not fully loving me and you and i was like oh no is kajillionaire gonna be like the same vibe But I was like completely wrong and like ate my words because I really, really loved it. Um, And I think like the movie that like when I was watching uh, Kajillionaire, the movie that I kept thinking of the most was uh, Leave No Trace, the Deborah Granick movie and like how it is like similarly like sheltering families that like can't really just be together and the way that it ends in both like breaks my heart uh, in different ways where it's like the happiest ending in a way of Kajillionaire. And like yeah. a bit more somber and Leave No Trace.
3: Well, like breaking up with your parents is like a whole genre. And I kind of wish it was a bigger genre because mm, yeah. it's something that mm. so many of us had to do. I had to break up with my parents and it's been great. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I can totally see that. I mean, and Leave No Trace is like a situation where he's, he's a, the dad is like a really nice guy. He just can't. Yeah like function in the real world where and that's you know that's like heartbreaking understandable um yeah and when kajillionaire we find that like what if your parents are just bad yes truly (laughs) and like as a person like and i relate to that a lot like i was watching and i was like yeah you know when you find out that your parents are just bad uh, (laughs) when you find out that your parents are also just like horny and weird and like selfish
1: yeah yeah it's like hucksters (laughs)
2: yeah yeah Yeah, and just like their sort of like specific relationship it's like that's where i found the weird angle of just like uh into it of just like how much I, i sort of like identified with the with the evan rachel wood character of just like i think there's a very specific relationship of like with money that you sometimes have with your parents of just like her wanting to spend the money and then being like well is that going to help you in some way and it's her just like having the difficulty in communicating of like well it makes me happy so it's worth spending money on Mm -hmm. and just that sort of thing like it reminds me it's like a weird thing because of this podcast but it sort of reminds me of just like I've been to TIFF twice, this is where, that's where we met, this is where we did the podcast, and I remember, and it, it, like, I guess I've sort of like built up a future around it, but the first time I went, I was just like, going because I wanted to go, but I it, it definitely had my parents being like, so are you going to like find internships? Are you going to get a job in Toronto? And I remember just having that same struggle of being like, N- I'm going because it seems cool, and I want to be happy, and I want to do something that makes me happy, and that is, is a dynamic that I don't often see depicted in movies this way
3: mm-hmm.
5: yeah. yeah
0: yeah i mean to talk about maybe to maybe zero in a little more on what the evolution is between i would say kind of the first two films and kajillionaire is that me and you and everyone we know and the future kind of feel like and, and they are both movies that I like, but they both kind of feel like movies that are set inside the mind of an artist, whereas Kajillionaire feels more like a movie that is set in the real world that sort of has artistry brought into it.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, yeah, there. I mean... Yeah, because like my my love for the future comes with like how it made me feel about my own anxieties as an artist. There's like a recurring, mo- there's like a recurring scene where she like, she turns on Beach House's Master of None wow. and then she tries to dance and then it just doesn't feel right and then she stops dancing and it just reminds me of like me sitting down at the computer <laughs> looking at the page being like does this sentence work? And then like hating the sentence so much that I just have to walk away from it for like, yeah. a week, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. Whereas like congillionaire is just like, I don't know. It feels like way more universal. It's just a person yes. that it's about mm-hmm. a girl who just wants to be cared for and not even like in some kind of like giant grand way. Like she yes. doesn't want like a bunch of money or anything. She just wants mm-hmm. to be, she just wants like a hug and that's it's so sad. It made relatable. So sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and,
1: and when she's, I mean, I, we're going to, I, uh, disclaimer at this point, I guess, that we will just be like, you know, going into the details of the plot. The scene, it's like one of the bigger, like, scenes uh, between her and Deborah Winger where she's like, I'll give you this money. You just have to call me hun. It's so heartbreaking. It's like, I, you just, like, you just want that. Like, and the idea of, like, having to, like, Pay someone to love you, and they still won't. <laughs> it's just so heartbreaking,
2: yeah, yeah. and it, it's also like it's also like a weirdly canny movie about like the way when you have parents like that, the way that they behave with you and then the way that they your, behave yes. with your like your random friend that is like the same age where like just how they treat mm-hmm. Gina Rodriguez and how they're just like sort of like are willing to be more effusive and loving and more like normal quote-unquote around her until they eventually get very weird yeah. uh, versus how they will treat their actual daughter it's just mm-hmm. so interesting to see it's like and like it's like fascinating because miranda Jill- i don't know how to really say this but she reads as a very weird person let's say <laughs> it's just like a very interesting I mean, artist who makes a lot of like has a lot of but just like how incredibly grounded in just like real human and both human emotion of like that I think if you have you said universal everybody can identify but I think it also gets at some specificities that I think are really impressive to communicate as an artist
1: yeah there's like I mean I would I'll stop trying to go to this well of leave no trace but there's a scene in leave no trace near the beginning it's been a while i, I can understand if it's like not a memorable scene where she like um Thomas and mckenzie's character like finds this like charm bracelet and uh the dad's like you can't keep that like we we can't like it's like the thing is like you cannot like leave a mark even taking something so she just has to like bury it and it's like the scene at the beginning of Kajillionaire air where they like find the stuff bare in the mail and they're like oh we can return that <laughs> and it's like you know they give it to her later in a way but it, it it's like reminding me of that and it's like just the thing of like they they're just like looking for like their bottom line of like and leave no tracy's like just trying to stay off the grid and in kajillionaire they're just like trying to get money wherever they can
3: these parents are wild i yeah. <laughs>
5: like
3: there's a lot of like i there's a lot of like things about people's parents that you can see you know like basically using your own hang-ups to block you from being a better person um i mean and i almost feel like it's part of like the younger generations like we go to therapy at least we try and we like try to be kind to each other in a way where i think a lot of parents like older people didn't really figure themselves out when they were younger and so they're just who they are and they refuse to change and so that those characters really made me feel that
2: yeah yeah it's just like them projecting their own hang-ups onto you so it's it's just like it's like stunting your own growth or whatever there's like a very i forget who it was but i once remembered a comedian something on pretty sorry like a story on a podcast about how his mom used to just be like how he used to like try to eat vegetables, and then his mom would just be like, Oh, you don't like that, and then take it away. So then he just never it learned, learned to never like vegetables. And there's like a bunch of stuff like that in my mind. It was just like things that have happened to me of just like, Is that some is that who I am, or is that who people like program me into being? Like, is that like are these hang up things that I came with, or is this what I became because my parents sort of programmed them into me? And it's like, Yeah, as you said, like, Kajillionaire gets to that in, like, a bunch of very interesting different ways of just, like, this is clearly a very specific person they specifically raised. Like, she is not like a lot of other people, but, Mm -hmm. but but still, whatever issues she has, her parents decide to blame it on her instead of any sort of introspection about whether they caused it or, like... I guess it's sort of ambiguous about whether they know they're sort of stunting her and are like deliberately being this way to her or if they are just sort of it, they're like she's a second thought to them she's like a a tool to them more than like their their child
3: Yeah, I I keep on wondering, like, what she was like as a, what was it like when she was, like, a baby and, like, couldn't do a lot for them? Like, how much time did they actually pay attention to her? I mean, like, I mean, her name comes from a a homeless man that they didn't know. (laughs) They named her. I couldn't get over that.
1: That's such a funny reveal. Yeah, Yeah. 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 It's like, he won the lottery and we were hoping he would give her some and we named her after him. Yeah. I mean yeah
4: I think yeah the extent to which the movie makes it like clear that like this is just like this is the only way they know like of how to be and how to live and like they like that like they they you know they can maybe try to 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 change or to be something that they aren't but then like they're still going to fall back on the old way like they're just too old they're just too set in their ways and they're just too like they just have not ever really comprehended another way to be Right. And they've always mm. seen her as like either like a prop to use to uh to help them with, with their life choices or like, yeah, or, or someone to like to mine for, for like new schemes and stuff. Right. She like she 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 has she's really proud and really takes ownership when she comes up with a scheme and is like, this is my idea that I came up with. And I'm like, I'm contributing and helping and. Um, I think, like, and that stuff is, like, contrasted really interestingly with all the parenting class scenes, which I thought were, like, Mm. so interesting and so fascinating with the, the, the way that that instructor is able to model, like, well, it's about, like, listening and engaging and sort of, like, and trying to see... Who they are and where they are and like what they're wanting right now right of like being a parent is really about engaging outside of yourself and like trying really hard not to project all your own like hang-ups and worries and and lifestyle like things onto uh this person who is your responsibility who is like of of you as your family and who you're raising uh and i just yeah those those scenes really like i was like really it taken with those scenes and the way that like it considers like what healthy parenting is, and like what 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 a, what a good model for for parenting is in in, in
2: the world of this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. I mean, it's also like Evan Rachel Wood's performance is so funny, and just like how, just like it, it's obviously like a very specific physic, like both physical and just like the voice she does, and her the entire mm-hmm. way she's costumed, but just like. The way she will like when they're f- crawling across the bubble and she leans <laughs> back, <laughs> she leans back. That's a very it's... funny moment. There's also mm-hmm. just like her stunted adulthood is something very fascinating to mm-hmm. consider. It's just like, yeah, mm-hmm.
4: yeah. It took me got... a, a little while to get like on board with the performance. Like, I messaged like these guys, like, is she just doing Napoleon dynamite like for the, the first 15 minutes? <laughs> <No!
5: laughs> I was. Like... She...
3: I'm a... Getting, i mean it it took a minute for me to realize i mean maybe it's also because like i'm i'm a bisexual woman but i was just like she's doing a butch accent mm. i don't know how she got to this maybe this is just the yeah, version yeah. of butch that she could do <laughs> but yeah. by the end i was it was really working for me and yeah I, it like you it's grow a, into
1: it an amazing performance like, and i think yeah.
4: i think it really like when gina rodriguez enters and like really throws like is in such a different character and a different way of being than the three characters who you've been from the pov of Mm -hmm. for the whole time like that's when i was like oh okay i get it like this is not just how everyone is this is like how this specific family is and i like really was able to ease more into like really picking up what the uh, evan rachel wood performance was putting down
3: yeah, she I mean I keep on thinking about the scene where like Gina Rodriguez is sitting on her bed and she's like in like a bralette, like not like a full mm-hmm. bra but you know. Um <laughs> and Evan Rachel just looks at her and she's just like, Are you are you trying to rile me up? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's like yeah.
1: There's the scene where they're in the like the gas station when it goes all dark and she's like, Your brain
3: is in your tits or whatever <laughs> just like it's like she's never i don't know if it's like she's she didn't realize that she was attracted to women before i don't know if she hasn't seen a lot of women but it's like she sees the boobs and she's immediately scared of them mm-hmm. which well, yeah. is like <laughs> like a 14 year old's response which is just so it, i yeah. mean she's just never seen them there's because there's the also the scene where the parents ask her if she's pregnant and she was just like how would that happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah
5: yeah because
1: like yeah. i think early on uh when they like first start like working together or whatever she's like you can't dress like that it's too distracting or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um
3: you reminded me a lot of an anime she made like an anime boy like an anime boy who just like sees a girl and just like a nose has like, a full nosebleed. yeah yeah
1: yeah that would have been insane if they
3: did that in this
5: movie Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah I mean it's like cause that's why Gina is very good at, and she works in the movie which goes back to the point that Jesse made earlier because her it's role is sort of being like oh so there's like a Miranda July movie here happening that's very funny right and then yeah. she, 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 <laughs> sort <of laughs> she sort of attaches to himself and sort of be she's sort of like she exists in an interesting space between like both grounding and making like be and like being a contrast for what they're doing which I think is
3: like Yeah, cuz Yeah, yeah cuz she's like hanging out with them mm-hmm. and then like it's and she's like okay, these people are fucking weird, but you know, I'll hang mm-hmm. out with them for a little bit cuz she really has nothing to lose. And then like it's when she starts to realize that they're mean parents that she like starts to get invested. Otherwise, I feel like she just would just disappear eventually. She and just mm-hmm. like tell her mom, I was hanging out with these three weird people for mm-hmm. a couple of days. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, to go back to the Evan Rachel Wood performance for a moment, I think what works so well about it is, like, that she is very much just, like, doing a bit, but it's a bit that somehow has all this humanity in it, uh, and it never, never stops being either of those things, and whenever it needs to be one thing, that thing is working, and whenever it needs to be the other, that's working. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: The scene that, like, I think people, like, have been talking about it already, um, just, like, in general, uh, but the scene that I was, like, because I was already into the performance. Like, I had a bit of, like, trepidation, like you were saying, Andy, like, when it started. I think even when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, a big performance. Um, But it's the scene, like, near the end Uh, When she gets out of the gas station, and I think it's like like a one take sort of uh, scene where she's like uh, walks out of the bathroom and is like saying like I'm never gonna forget this moment like shaking the guy's hand Mm -hmm. and then like going around the gas (laughs) station. I was like, this is like so beautiful. And she's just like, it's like you. The character has been like down for so much of the movie that when she's like so like bright and cheery in this moment, it's just insane.
3: (laughs) Yeah, just. Just buying everything yeah. in the little convenience store. I mean, I mean, store. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, like the ending to that bit it was just like her taking all the things and she puts it there, and then Gina Rodriguez is like, "That's my money," and she's like, "I guess I'm not buying these things." Yeah, Have she's like, a like, no. no sales.
4: <laughs> yeah. do you want me to put this bag? Bag? No, You'll put it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and just like being like, "How do you like? How do you get a job do, working at a convenience store?" Like yes, yeah. mm. her, her, yeah, her genuine curiosity uh, in that moment is very funny.
2: I mean, it, like, I mean, that scene is like. It's sort of obvious but it sort of gets just like how it's getting to like a very fundamental thing of just like how death is sort of one of the few things that gets us to like be curious and want to want us to be out there and living our lives is just like yeah yeah, because she's like just sort of like sort of incurious and sort of like doesn't really care about the world around her and it's sort of like she has has found this relationship with Gina Rodriguez, but up to that point, it's it's still being like pretty tense. And then at that point, her, her just being like, "Well, I guess I didn't die, so I and now I'm happy with the entirety of the human experience. Look at how beautiful <laughs> this is, like a Disney princess yeah. coming out. Of, like, look at the man at the gas station and his smile. Look at the bags of chips right. at the grim convenience store. Yeah. How like much- she's just it's a wonderful life. To, like,
4: yeah, hello, you
2: and so. Yeah, and it's sort of interesting. I guess I d- I don't really have the vocabulary to come uh, to talk about this maybe, but it's like uh, what Jordan mentioned of just like there's interesting things going on with it gender-wise because it's again she reads very like a teen boy. She was like, "Come on, mom!" Like neck down, wearing like baggy yeah. full clothes mm-hmm. to it's to the point of like her relationship with Gina Rodriguez and like what they get out of each other is so fascinating. It, because of that because it's so, it's like obviously like a love to be in romance, but you sort of it it's like i, I again I don't know really know if I have the conversation
3: well yeah and it's like I don't know like uh it's kind of when you know there'll be there'll be like the kind of conventional wisdom that girls mature before boys do which i I mean yeah, depends on who um but you know there you know there's this thought i mean at least that i had when i was like first dating and i had like my first couple of boyfriends and there was so much like about like emotion that they didn't understand because you know it depends on like how you're raised um but you know in in a similar way to how some boys are raised not to really be in touch with their emotions that's how old Dolio is raised. like Mm -hmm. was that the first time her name was said Um, uh so like i feel like gina rodriguez has like an understanding of that (laughs) in terms of like this is a person that is not emotionally mature but I'm willing to work with that, and for someone like her who really doesn't have to, it's it, it is fascinating why she wants to deal with it. Like I understand dealing with it. Like I said, like when you're a teenager, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, to be an yeah. adult and still be doing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, the, I mean, because that's like the interesting thing. Like it's a coming of age movie about like a 27 year old, where it's where it's like that's the point in yeah. their life at which they are finding their adulthood. Is like this weird late period and like as in the tradition of many of those movies gina rodriguez it's like the love interest who comes and like shows them the way of like this is what it's like to be a different person or your own person or a person with different interests but yeah just like that sort of mesh of adolescence and adult and adulthood just like come like crashing down and just like it's, it's how it also sort of interrogates like what role do parents really take in your life like maybe like they're they, maybe they shouldn't be the, the people who define you as a person maybe you should like yeah. wait till later in life mm-hmm. and to find the other people who make you who you are
3: yeah I mean there's um there's the part where Leo is like they're my parents and Gina Rodriguez is like in what sense yeah. and <laughs> that's such a great question and I and I remember like tweeting it, and people just being like whoa that was really heavy because yeah. it's I mean it's a question I feel like it's a question that a lot of people have had to ask like does this person actually provide me with love and support yes. yeah. yeah yeah so if the answer is no then you you gotta
2: go yeah you gotta yeah, yeah I mean... you gotta find the other people who are willing to make that happen for you and it's a, it's just so it's like yeah, the just like the way, cause it's like even a question about whether her parents provide for her like physically, you know? Cause they they they, they, they go, do not, cause they don't, <laughs> they don't. It's cause like I, I assume like most of like fraught relationships with your parents, like some of us have had, it's like well, at the end of the day, they still like pay for your house or whatever. So it's like there's that relationship with it. Whereas old Doyle, Doyle's relationship is like not even that, cause they all go in yeah. equally mm-hmm. on things, and she is arguably. A more valuable asset at this point than they are,
4: right? Well, and it's and it's a house where soap comes through the walls, you know. However many
5: times a day, I
3: (laughs) (laughs) I would have left already. Yeah,
4: (laughs) it's yeah, it's so (laughs) fascinating. Yeah, when when they just all walk in and they're like, oh, grab the the.
1: The trash yeah. cans or whatever. The first shot of it early on, I was like, what is happening? Because yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah. pink foam leaking out of this crack of the wall. Um, but then also like the way they mine that bit with like the timers on their watches is so funny. Yeah. Where it's like it's Thursday. It happens three times or like <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. when they're all on the plane. And it's like both of their watches are going off next to Gina Rodriguez. And then like two aisles back is Evan Rachel Woods is going off. Yeah, it's very very funny. Well,
4: and and the way also they talk about it with the landlord guy is also that really guy is so good
1: too. He that guy cries. is amazing. He's so, so <laughs> good. Like, he, like, and
4: like right, and he just like can't control his emotions is like the bit of the character,
1: and so then he's like, yeah, it's very it's very manageable. Or right? he's like, yeah, and he's like. like, I guess that's okay. He's like just <laughs> sobbing. I just, you, I mean, it's part of the thing of the because that's like near the beginning of the movie when you meet this character for the first time. And it's all just like for me, I was like, this movie is too much. I just, like, it's so like empathic in a way for like that guy and like just uh, for like, like I feel like instantly you can get like what the relationship is between old Dolio and the parents. And it, like it just, it's it's so good. Like I was really, uh, really into it. <laughs> yeah, and I think
2: it's sort of like what I want to talk about. It w- next. we we'll just so like
1: how good both
2: Winger and Jenkins' performance are, and how good those characters are, because I think that those are also like they're hitting very specific things of just like, as Andy talked about, like, Andy sort of hinted at the fact that like maybe they don't know who to be, how to be anything else, or just like, or things like that, but there's like a very specific, accurate saying of just like, well, as soon as they get money, they start breaking their own rules, where they just go and buy the hot tub and they just like That's start so feeling themselves. <laughs> it's, so you can sort of clearly see of like, well, they're just sort of harsh on her because they just want her to be a very specific thing. But they they see themselves more as people who can sort of, like, exist within the ebbs and flows of, the of like, their pleasure and their desire more than, like, she is because she is still their child. And they play that really well. Like, Jenkins is, I think, obviously a great actor. He's great in many a thing. And it's sort of, especially like Step Brothers, which this performance I guess sometimes sort of reminds me of, in that it's it's a performance that it it, it toes the line between like very serious and but also it, it, what the hell is wrong with this man in a in a very mm-hmm. interesting way.
3: Um, I wanted to talk about the scene where they go to the old man's house yes. who is dying. And he doesn't come out of the room, and then they have to, like, pretend is,
4: to right,
3: to be a family. And even in their pretending, like, I noticed that um Gina Rodriguez plays the daughter, and old Dolio plays just, like, a handyman. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's, like, fixing the refrigerator. It's just, like,
5: it's... they can't even pretend to be her I, parents. So
1: <laughs> and then it's, yeah. like, they stop for a bit. Because they're like, okay, we can go get his checkbook. And it's like, he's not dead yet. We still have to keep doing it. And then it's like, do you want some cake? And they're doing like the Lost Boys scene in Hook where they're just eating nothing. And then <laughs> she's like, uh, they're like, Richard Jenkins is like, maybe I'll mow the lawn tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> Evan Rachel Wood's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <And it's like> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so, that scene was so crazy. And then it's like, okay.
4: yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it leads to the scene like with where I think it's the first time you physically see him, right? Is when they're like after they're done with that, and he like is like talking about like, like oh my kids, like my kids aren't bad, they're just busy, like that yeah. line. And I think mm-hmm. like it is an interesting like counterpuntal moment when so much is it about the of the movie is about the way that parents can fail their children like a brief moment where it's like well uh, this is and this is how children can fail their parents in in certain instances as well like that it's like it's a fascinating moment in the movie when in comparison with like how much the thematic material is about like yeah the failures of parenting and the rest of it
5: yeah mm. Yep.
2: i mean it's also interesting because it's like it's sort of an important moment for Old Dolia because it's her looking like, oh, they could pretend to be this very easily. Like it's not like it's like a thing that they're horrified at or it's like it's tr- it's a struggle for them. Like if they wanted to be like, oh, how are you, honey? You want you want a yeah. piece of cake today or whatever? They could be v- that very easy. And I think that's like the great, that's like a very good touch about like I guess and again Jenkins and Deborah Wingers' character of just like how often their hypocrisy is noted of just like. Like they have much different rules for her than they do anything else, and they get they allow themselves personhood and not her. Cause yeah. it's like interesting to think about this movie in terms of just like, well, you see these movies about like these sort of poor people, these sort of lower class people struggling to make ends meet, and you sort of like think about capitalism and like the way that things going and just like land ownership and the way they have to pay rent, and I think. It's a very interesting depiction of it because it's very much... It's like... It's not fully their, their fault, but it is sort of like just the way that Jenkins and Winger are choosing to be it's like
3: well yeah I mean it seems like they have like this like core issue with like realizing that part of life is pretending in some way like if you have your kid if your kid is annoying the shit out of you you're not gonna be like I mean you could I guess but you're not gonna be like hey kid you're annoying the shit out of me (laughs) get out of my face you're gonna be like could you please
5: do that
3: in the other room and it's like they never learned how to do that and it's like how could they keep a job if they don't know how to like be, like basic politeness play- right <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: yeah does I, I yeah go ahead Colin.
1: well they like, what's the when they're at the dinner they're like talking about what richard jenkins job used to be where he like would like write like realty guidebooks for people <laughs> yeah it's
2: yeah. something like that like that's a and then, yeah like that's a very interesting scene
1: of just i mean see that is something that i like i may just be like you know uh Too (laughs) naive and like I'm like easily buying in but like the scene where he is like telling her they're giving her like the last gift like the 18th gift or whatever and like when they're at the dinner and he's like crying like are we supposed to read that as like real or is it all part of the scheme?
3: (laughs) He I don't that whole thing was so wild to me I mean like was it I feel like we're supposed to think that it's all in act but they're saying everything that she's wanted them to save forever. So it's like, yeah. have they always known what she needed and they just didn't want to mm. give it to her? Right.
4: <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I guess, yeah, the sort of implication, right, is that, like, they are only able to understand other people when they are fleecing them right they're only able yeah. to like try yeah. to be empathetic and kind and like and, and, and think about like okay what do they want and what is, when it is a moment when they are there's something else going on underneath where they are like well and then in the end we'll get the money and we'll leave them behind uh, yeah it's very interesting that, that that sequence
2: yeah yeah, I mean yeah they're sort of just like I guess that's the interesting it's sort of I mean, it's like they're fleecing her but they're also giving her what she wants which I guess it's like Right. the sort of like tenets mm-hmm. of just like conning and grifting of just like well you want the person to feel like they got something out of it and it's like they got she got to feel like she had parents for once Then at least she got $500 and they gave her eighteen birthday gift that's such a funny that's such a funny and good detail that they 18 birthday
3: yeah. right. when she's 26 yeah, years exactly. old.
1: exactly <laughs> yeah because Gina Rodriguez is like are you 18
3: <laughs> <laughs> when she says I'm 26 I was shocked yeah. because yeah. I was like really
1: the
2: um yeah, yeah because I mean yeah because it's it, like in my mind it was like oh well I guess she could be like 17 or she could also be like 37 I don't know <laughs> exactly yeah I don't know what this character is could be like where she found I mean, yeah
4: well and the way that like her like hair like and deborah winger's hair are like the same like i like i'd really like that touch too of like well okay they basically only have like one mode of like how to how to look and so it's like basically like you know once once you're you just let your hair grow out or whatever and then like then you're good you got your you got your look and and it's it's it's, it's a standard way to be
1: yeah
3: yeah also... her, split, her split ends were stressing me out <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's, like, a lot of, like, I mean, it is a thing of, like, in Me, You, and Everyone We Know, it's, like, much more front-forward, like, the comedy in a way. But, like, there's a ton of great bits in uh, Kajillionaire also of, like, the one that I liked a lot was they, like, mentioned something. It's, like, Aquafusion. It's, like, some weird timeshare. And then you just see that, like, they all sleep in these, like, (laughs) branded T-shirts that it's, like, oh, they just, like, get these from whatever, like, meeting they sat through.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was I just rem- I just remembered the scene um, where um, Divine um, she was in uh, Dolomite is my name too yes. and she's really good in that when uh, oh she's I'm... going to get the, the money trying to get refunded for right. the voucher right.
1: <laughs> it's so sad where she like she's doing the massage and she like has to like put her hands just like on the air above her and is like mm-hmm. not touching her at all and she's still like tense and recoiling it's just yeah, like but it tells you everything so, like, she's
3: not used to being touched I know, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. any touch at all is too much and that's so sad yeah
2: yeah yes. but also like and, the punch to that scene is just so funny where like at the beginning every rachel was just keeps being like uh well how about that rock and then she's like no you can't <laughs> have the rock and then she gets the massage and then at the end like richard jenkins pops in and is like come on let's leave it we're leaving and, and and they're like oh I bet it's only been 20 minutes I'm so like uh can we have the rock for the rest <laughs> <laughs> yes the same
4: instincts
1: as her dad
2: yeah
1: I mean um, and then the payoff of her being at the restaurant at the end is also great where she's just like like waving at them yeah
4: well, and the touch thing also comes back later too in the scene where she like with in the parenting class where she is mm-hmm. like play acting as the kid, and she's like, "Oh, can I hold your hand?" And she's like recoils, and then she's like, "Okay, well then, can I comb your hair?" And she like does the fake combing her hair and like does like touches her a little, I think, but doesn't really touch mm-hmm. her. That's yeah I, yeah.
3: I was like crying. Yeah. Yes.
1: it's So <laughs> this she's that that lady is just like she's so good. Like I like you know love- <laughs> uh, who it reminded me of is um the person who does like the like titular like uh what do they call it um like whatever it's not a quiz <laughs> i'm using the wrong word and never really sometimes always uh, it's, it's like the lady who's like just talking your, yeah your and it's just, like, this person is just, like, the picture of kindness and empathy. Right. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just, like, some random person who's in this movie. Right. Has so um, much, like, social
4: and emotional intelligence that they yes, can just yes. read what the other person needs from them mm-hmm. in that moment. And, like, is prepared to give it to them. It's, yeah.
1: Yeah. The touch thing is crazy because there's also that scene where she's, like, peeling off uh, off the acrylic nails. And it's just, like, right. so, like like, not, it's, like, just a tight shot on her fingers, and she's just, like, now, like, I broke my nail, or you took it off, and she's, like, hold on, and just, like, instantly starts, like, delicately peeling off all these acrylics.
3: That was hot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's, like, an insanely, like, sensual scene, and, like, it's lit so, like, brightly.
2: Yeah, I mean, because it's, like, it's, like, intimate in the way that, like, I think that's, like... It's the sort of thing that where I've even found about myself is like the more you grow up, is like the more you come to appreciate just like physical intimacy and just like how much like being touched or like being hugged means to you emotionally as like a bunch of that like, doesn't seem as like worthwhile as like sort of emotional intelligence in certain ways, but just like having somebody who touches you and, and like, feels like they care about you how much that just means to you emotionally is a uh, very crazy yeah. it's like it's like very it's like again it's very well it's a very well observed movie it's like getting out a bunch of things that like i find very profound and like worked for me
3: i what did you think about the scene where uh richard jenkins and deborah winger try to um get gina rodriguez into the hot tub with that that's so <laughs> oh, boy.
2: There's just so much, it's like, there's so much going on there of just, like, mm. b- him coming in, starting it, just, ha- like, how can he, Gina Rodriguez is about it? Because it's, like, mm-hmm. if she fits into, like, their sort of unit in any ways, it's just, like, she also uh, sort of understands the grift, so it's just, like, it, and just, like... How clear it is that she's aware of what's happening immediately, and how Richard Jenkins is, is, is just like taking her sort of
3: sarcasm was like, "Oh, you want me to take my pants off? Okay."
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: and then, yeah. Just, and just the concept of like a threesome with Richard Jenkins and <laughs> Deborah Winger is just wild. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it's just what a what a pair of people. <laughs> I, don't, I feel like the energy would be too chaotic. Yeah. Well, and,
4: like, that scene, I, yeah, is also really interesting because it's, like, I'm probably the biggest prominent example of them not being able to, like, read the room and read, like, other people mm-hmm. well, right? Like, normally, when they're trying, like, when they're doing all these other things, they're usually able to like get get in and get out and get what they want like without making too much of too many waves or too much of a fuss but like that is the most prominent example of them like just totally missing like what the other person is put like what gina rodriguez is putting down in terms of like what she is willing to do with them and, and 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 wants from them and like what what her what her boundaries are in that relationship
3: they seem to be kind of annoyed that gina rodriguez like genuinely likes old Dolio. <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah it's, it's very fun. it's like
2: i guess the implication is sort of like all all three of them are sort of getting the same thing from gina rodriguez which is like they're sort of attracted to her they're sort of like into how canny she is about certain things they're sort of they're sort of into how like unaware she is about other sort of things and they and it's like they're all trying to get the same thing out of her out of her, well, I guess like Jenkins and Winger are trying to, and Old Dolio is not, which is why uh, she ended up leaving with Dolio. But yeah, yeah. just that that scene is just like hilarious. Just like when Richard Jenkins has his pants off, and then Deborah Winger just casually walks into
1: the room, like, "Oh <laughs> hey,
2: I'm high, I'm here too." It's just like <laughs> such an insane collection
1: of images that's also a great like bit near the end of that scene where Evan Rachel Wood comes back and she's like why do we have crackers on the plate <laughs> 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 like that's the, yes. setting the mood is like getting the snacks out we're using the plate Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the Gina Rodriguez character is like really uh, like to use a very broad term is like very special in a way that it's like a character that is like bright and like bubbly in their introduction without being like I, I, it's never like she's like the butt of the joke or anything. Like in a way that I, I mean, it's just like whatever, uh, or like goes to show like how, what a like uh, thoughtful and like smart writer uh, Miranda July is. Where it's like mm-hmm. the character that it, um, or it, it just is like uh, very nice to see like the scene where she's like timing with her mom, and it's just like yeah, like whatever things are going fine. It's like the whole bit of her. Character is that she's just like a people person who works at like this kiosk in the mall, and everyone loves her. I'm like that's why right. they like have access mm. to all these old people's houses.
2: Yeah, because I, yeah, I feel like if you're making a movie like that, that character is almost always like they're either a cynical person who comes in and immediately just like reads the room and is like, "This is fucked yeah. up. You should get out. What are you people? Or they get like duped. What are you? What are you doing? Or, like, yeah, or it's the opposite, where it's, like, some person who's, like, very, so bright and bubbly that they can't see any of the world around them, and they get duped. And she, like, hits a very, like, sweet spot in the middle of just being, like, a real person in a real world, but she's also, like, pretty light and charming and fun, in a way. Yeah.
4: I mean, yeah, that one of the first things that you learn about her or, like, come to realize about her is that, like she lies about her job to to them it's like really interesting and it's like kind of the key to that character being like my favorite in the movie I think is like oh she like definitely like is operating somewhat in like I can see why she is attracted to to them in certain ways and like is like in to do some schemes with them especially at first uh, just from the way that she's operating but uh, yeah I I really like that performance I think is very special and that
1: character Um, is really good there's two lines of hers that I like really loved a lot um, one where she just they're like introducing like the concept of like the heist or whatever to her and she's just like I think she says I love the Ocean Eleven movies <laughs> which yes. is like a very funny line <laughs> and then also once her and Old Dolio like are at her apartment and she's like going through the list of things that like she didn't get to do as a kid or whatever um, and she's like, why don't you make the pancakes bigger? They're easier to, like, it's less flipping. It's dumb or whatever. (laughs) And she's like, like, it's the dumb things that make you the happiest. And it's like in, you know, I may be like reading too much into it, but like in the the way the world is like, as of this moment, like there's just like so much awful that like taking joy in the dumbest, smallest things is like a mess that I can get behind
3: yeah no i i agree with that like i was feel like my i wrote a review for this horror movie called shadow in the cloud shadow in the cloud and my love for that movie is based purely on the fact that it is the silliest concept ever taken incredibly seriously and i think that that's great and i wish i could tell you what it is because
5: uh-huh. of so
3: funny but you should definitely watch that movie and you might be angry at me when the twist comes but (laughs) i just like the silliest possible thing and also um what's another one that made me really happy i've been doing a lot of horror festivals but the movie that i like the most that's at all of them is not a horror movie at all it's this like weird punk like todd salons kind of thing called dinner in america and it's just very much like of that time of like weird suburban decay and everybody's just like yelling at everybody and there's like weird things like people like eat with their mouth open and just like these weird like little like comedy details that are like very of the 2000s napoleon dynamite kind of era that i was just like you know what? this is stupid and this is great <laughs> Yes,
5: yeah yeah
1: i mean yeah a, a movie like just as part of this like sort of side tangent like a movie that is like unequivocally dumb that I really love that I watched recently was um, unfriended dark web <laughs> like, like I can't stop thinking
3: That about. movie is it's, so fun.
1: Yes. <laughs> or a more recent one, I don't know if you've seen Spree, the
3: uh, Oh I heard about that. Spree is also
1: great. <laughs> Spree is an incredible movie that more people should watch and give time to Joe Curie is like one of the performances of the year, I think. <laughs>
5: But yeah, we can yeah, sorry, I,
3: sorry. Yeah, no, but I mean really like the silly things, like I was I was sad yeah. like a week ago and I watched good Nights. Like there was no yeah, exactly. reason for me to watch Teladega and it was just nice. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yes, the other- yeah, but you know, like yeah, that's great, but I think me and you and everyone you know might be the movie that is more like about that sort of thing about like just about about these bunch of people like in boring suburbia just sort of finding their own like little weird things and connections and like ties to any sort of greater world through like miranda july's characters like weird art and like john hawks being like into shoes and and like giving people shoes the like web chatting the teens who are like doing the weird like window sexting thing with the guy that that's crazy because <laughs> yeah. such a crazy <laughs> plot line in that movie and it's just sort
4: of
3: yeah that's yeah
2: <laughs> the thing i keep thinking
4: about in in me and you and everyone we know is the like the and i think you know i is i think it- it's like a trailer line too which i think is interesting for that movie is the the moment where um john hawks is like oh, you, like, you think you deserve that pain, but you don't when, like, he he's talking to Miranda July about, like, mm-hmm. the, the, like, little thing from her shoes that, like, is, like, she has, like, a mark on her foot. And then, like, mm-hmm. how, like, you know, 10 minutes later or whatever, she's like, what are you doing in my car? Like, you don't know, like, what are you, why are you being so friendly to me? Like, the way that he thinks, like, he is able to, um, to 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 help people and to, like, to sort of, like, be, like, that Fig- figure and force in other people's lives and the way that the movie kind of rebuts him for that, I think it's, like, very interesting and it's something that I keep returning to after yeah. having seen that movie. Yeah,
2: like, I wrote, sort of jokingly, wrote my Layla Letterboxd review of Me and You and everybody, you know, like, it's, like, Tim and Eric's American Beauty, but it's, like, the sort of, where it's, like, a movie where everybody thinks it's just, like, they're having their own, like, the most profound crisis of all time and they're all trying to find their own thing and, like, the ending for all of them is just sort of, sort of, like, well... Not really, but you know, there's some happiness to be found in here. You know, it's just like, yeah. like if, if if it's nobody's like a great like love story or like life story where it's like everything turned around and they found like every perfect thing, but it's just like you know, there's happiness to be found within there. We're all we're yeah. all sort of going through the same thing, and there's like something to be found in that. Yeah, yeah.
3: I keep on thinking about. um when when old is like going in for the i don't know if we've named it but the birth crawl she's like going in for the birth crawl with um gina rodriguez but like before she like does like a like a few like weird acrobatics first and then she like rolls a little bit then she gets back up and then she just starts dancing that was her like sad dance was like the one thing that I was like this is straight from me and you and everyone we know Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. yeah
2: Uh, I don't know it's like dancing is like sort of an easy way to communicate weird feelings in movies and I sort of appreciate how she does it I think anybody with like her sort of arts background would find that sort of thing I was wondering if you were familiar with any of her other like non-film work, her like weird Instagram story work. <laughs> I forgot
1: about that.
3: I've, I've seen some of those. Yeah. Her performance art and stuff. Yeah. I, I find her to be a really interesting performance artist. So, I mean, and you could feel all of that in that dance. You could feel all of her like pain and confusion and frustration especially like not just in her movements but in her face and it's like a scene that you could easily laugh at if you weren't really fully on board but even if you are laughing like i feel like you get it i I kept on wondering what gina rodriguez's character was thinking in that moment
5: yeah
2: yeah that it's sort of fascinating to ponder because it is like sort of the thing where it's like they end up kissing which is like, That's, which is like a very, like it's like it's like a very sweet moment, and it's sort of a romance movie, so it sort of builds to it. But there is a sort of lingering question of just like, where is where are these these two people are like at very different points mentally, and it's sort right? of fun yes. to consider what this relationship would even be.
1: It's yeah. not in, entirely dissimilar from the kiss in Meet You and Everyone We Know with the kid. <laughs> yeah,
4: well, I mean, cause yeah, cause like a lot of gina rodriguez's and old olio's like relationship just them the two of them gina rodriguez is being like a positive parent and not like necessarily super romantic like doing the like the pancake stuff and like being like okay i'm gonna give you like all the things that your parents couldn't give you and like that 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 leads to like at least one moment of like romance uh, where they where they kiss at the end and that's the end of the movie and you don't know where they go from there. Is uh, yeah, that's it's, it's interesting.
1: I can't speak to the future because I haven't seen it. But like, talk about like very very strong endings of like me and everyone we know with like the kid tapping the coin. It's like I'm just passing the time, and it's like the sun is setting is like a crazy thing in that movie. And then the kiss at the end, like straight to the like song, the Mister Lonely. I was just like my like heart exploded. And it's just like what powerful endings on both like of these movies
3: that kiss i could uh, i could talk about i need i need a separate podcast <laughs> that kiss. like it's because <laughs> it's like that
1: like super like you know like target lighting <laughs> it's like crazy mm-hmm. looking and then mm-hmm. yeah it's just a very good moment
3: Yeah, I, like, I worry so much about the future for them, because, like, I wonder, like, I kept on wondering what their sex would be like, and I'm just, like, oh my god. Yeah. Like, the first couple of times, that's gonna be a disaster. A real
4: real learning (laughs) curve happening there, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's, because, like, another, another very interesting scene is, like, when she it's like when after the first night where she's like yeah give me the money and i'll call you hun and then she just like gets the money from a teller and and just like gives it to her and then gina rodriguez it's just like no and then like writes an entire list of just like everything that it requires for somebody to feel loved and i just found that list fascinating i was just like no i'm gonna cook you breakfast we're gonna come i'm gonna like hug you on the bed i'm gonna do all these things and just like and it's sort of like It's it's fascinating and, like, the transactional nature of it because it's, it's sort of, like, well, it's, like, w- when does the line become, like, is this, like, sort of sex work? What is happening here? What is their relationship here?
3: <laughs> is is what... Well, in a, I mean, sex work is, like, about connection. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's, like, super far off, but I think... I think that what Gina Rodriguez is doing is just like meeting Old Dolio where she's at. Like she can't just be like, Mm -hmm. I she I feel like what she wants to say and she can't say is it doesn't seem like you're safe and loved here. Come stay with me. But she can't say that, so she has to like go around it and do Mm -hmm. something else. And also I feel like she is afraid a little bit to like at first to accept like that she wants Old Dolio to move in.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, um, yeah, I mean, it's just that connection aspect that made me think of, I remember this very, like, this tweet I saw a while ago, where it was, like, some, like, news story about how, like, robot sex workers are going to replace real sex workers or whatever, and it, and just, like, a real sex worker replying to it being, like, I, I don't think a robot is going to sit and listen to a guy cry for an hour about how his job sucks, so I don't think we're going to replace anytime soon, and it sort of brought yeah. me memories of fact that it was just, like, yeah some people are just like willing to pay for like having somebody to talk to uh, talk them through like the sort of horrors of the world and the things they've experienced and to carry them through it which is i think a very nice and genuine thing and it's like the that's what the gina rodriguez character is so sort of like fascinating because she's sort of walking the line between being parental and then being like a sort of relationship figure for her
3: yeah yeah i agree
1: um I think we might, uh, we might have done it on Conjuring Air. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> there was, Strong I think, recommend. Yeah, it's.
4: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I guess yeah. It's still it's 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 focus. So they're in Universal. So they're sticking to their model of like upon immediate release, it's a 1999 rental. Um, but uh, I think, never rarely sometimes always was kind of the same, and it was within a couple of months that it was like, you can buy it, you can rent it for cheaper. Like so, I- even and if now it's now that's
0: on HBO Max. yeah
4: right so even if it's not something you can swing right now definitely be on the lookout for it uh in the near future because i think yeah it's definitely Mm -hmm. one of the most exciting movies of this year and i think it's well worth your
3: time yeah yeah and seek out the future if you can i feel like that's the one that no one talks about which i mean Mm -hmm. narrated by a cat um (laughs) but yeah it's it's a very it's very interesting you know Kind of like it's an interesting spin on kind of like the tiny furniture kind of movie, except mm-hmm. like through a lens of like there's a it kind of reminds me a little bit of a did do any of you watch Girls or did you ever watch yeah, it? Yeah, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: yeah, the the episode where she where she goes to Patrick Wilson's house. Oh, yeah, last like,
1: episode. <laughs> yeah, right.
3: Yeah, that's that's kind of how the future feels okay. for like half the runtime, and I think that that's really interesting. Oh, yeah. That, that definitely sold me.
2: I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, and I mean, the only other aspect of her work that I'm familiar with and I have watched I know Jesse is also a big fan of is her performance in uh, Madeline's Madeline. Oh, sure. She's great yeah. in that mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Which is interesting because there she's sort of playing the mother of a performance artist so it's sort of fascinating to see in mm-hmm. contrast with like right. these her own movies. So just like what is, what is that relationship like? And she's, like, very good in it. Every, oh, mm-hmm. like, oh, the three central performances in Madeline's Madeline are all very good. That's a very good movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, she's a really good uh, writer of fiction, too. I think I've read one or two of her short stories. There's a really good one called uh, Roy Spivy. It's about... Uh, a woman uh, meeting uh, like a very very famous actor on a plane and just kind of have that experience and how that reverberates through her life in a little bit uh, that that's really good I think you can listen to that someone read it on the New Yorkers Fiction podcast at some point uh, yeah she is really interesting
3: yeah yeah well Well, thanks for having me oh yes thank you
0: so
4: much much for joining here um (laughs) this is where we say what would you like to plug
1: yes
3: um what would i like to plug i don't know uh there's if you're if you do like new fest which is um the new york um queer film festival that's going on right now i did i did like a really cool talk about um Um, queer film black queer film and like the history and culture and stuff so if you're if you're already that talk is there and i'm okay like (laughs) i have some stuff to say um you know you can listen to my podcast bad romance podcast we talk about bad romantic films and um, you know every October I try to find like romance horror films. And since there aren't that many, I'm always finding something weird. Yeah. Um, so this week we're doing My Demon Lover, which is one about a guy who like, uh, every single time he feels sexual attraction, he turns into a demon.
5: Uh,
3: <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> Seems like a rough situation.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be, that's a fun one. So yeah, nice. I'll be doing that. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter um, if you want. I'm
5: there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Jesse. All right. You can find us on Twitter at Can I Pick It, spelled like it's spelled in your podcast app. You can find us on Letterbox at C I K I Pod. You can find uh, me on either of those platforms at J P Glick Weber. Uh, Weber has two B's. This is also all linked in the description to the episode. Uh, And I am in the middle of plugging what the top 10 albums of all time are. Uh, And this week I've reached uh, Astral Weeks, the Van Morrison album. What an album. Great album. Listen to it.
4: (laughs) Great. Uh, I'm Andy. You can find me online at AndyTGerm. That's Twitter, Letterboxd, etc. Uh I will continue my plug of Tony award performances that I really love. This week I'm going to be plugging the performance that Urine Town did that when the, when they were nominated. They perform, uh Run Freedom Run which is like a fun like uh gospel number like everything in Urine Town it's very tongue in cheek uh and it's a
1: whole lot of fun uh, and uh don't worry
4: the show makes all the jokes about the title that you're thinking of right now.
1: Cullen. Uh yeah, I'm gladly on everything and another, you know, plugging something that I have no relation to at all. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I talked about the Chloe and Halle song, Ungodly Hour, and I think specifically the VMA performance of it. Uh, they just did another <laughs> live performance of their song, Tipsy, and boy, are they just the best. Everybody got to listen to Tipsy by Chloe and Halle. Emilio.
2: You can follow me at Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. You can follow me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. I have nothing to plug. Uh, <laughs> our theme song is by Tree Related. You can find him at SoundCloud.com slash Tree Related or search Tree Related on Spotify. It's a good theme song. He makes good music. Listen to it. That is all.
0: Alright. Then with that, I'll go ahead and release our audience. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Lonely i'm mr lonely i have nobody for my own